Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Cash Clarity. I'm your host, Abby Nerderman, and I am excited that you're listening today because I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm changing things up. I am going over five binge-worthy books that improved my business. Now, I love to read, and I love to talk about books, and I love to tell everybody I know about what I'm reading. So this episode gets me really excited. Why did I choose this topic um, other than I just love reading is because we all sometimes don't achieve the results that we want either in life or in business um, when it comes to meeting our goals. Uh, we really strive to unlock that secret to success. And so we're always kind of looking to uncover uh, what that secret ingredient or silver bullet is going to be to to help us take it, help take us to that next level. In life, I know for myself, <laughs> a big problem is comparing ourselves to the success of others. It's, it's all around us all the time and, and it's hard to get away from. And there's a real fear that we don't measure up or we don't have what it takes to, to achieve our dreams. So we really deserve to be able to pursue our dreams and goals without getting in our own way and putting too much pressure on ourselves. I've found some resources in the, these books that helps give frameworks and tips and advice on how to make tweaks and improvements to make, you know, small measurable changes to to help achieve the kind of success that I want in my business. It is so hard to combat this, you know, struggle to to compare ourselves to others. Um it's all around us all the time, especially on social media where others tend to show a curated best life narrative. You know what I mean? They're always smiling. They're always happy. They're always sharing the best, most exciting things. They're not necessarily sharing those times that they're sick with the flu or that time that they stubbed their toe and limped around for a week. You know, we don't often see those things from social media. It's always the really happy, polished, just curated look of their slice of life. The truth is life is messy and it doesn't always go the way we want. Um, For example, I'm in an exclusive bookkeeper community online. Uh, It's on Facebook and people like to share their wins to inspire others who are early on in their journey. And They're always really cool posts to see. They're always really popular. Um, There's always bits of wisdom in them. But some of these folks are uber successful. Like just they're they're wildly successful, and they either have a large number of of clients, or maybe they are commanding really high monthly premiums. And every single time I see one of these posts. It's really hard to not go down the rabbit hole and think, what am I doing wrong? Or what do they know that I don't know? Like, I definitely get it and I definitely understand. Um, So I thought sharing these five books, um, you know, they're all really great resources for different things. Um, I've learned something different from each of them. Um, So I wanted to share those with you and, and help you, you know, fight the good fight to to be able to pursue our dreams um, without, you know, all the mental cloudiness that gets in our way. But first, 
It's time for a listener shout out. This is turning into probably my very favorite part of each episode. I'm having so much fun reading your comments and I really, really feel the love. So thank you very much and keep them coming. So today's shout out comes from iTunes and it I'm, I'm going to mess this up. It's from Higgy817 <laughs> and that's spelled H-Y-G-G-E-817. You, you gotta love these, these handles on iTunes. They're, they're funny. Um, but they said, My small business guru. Love this podcast. Great selection of hot topics married with entertaining humor. Looking forward to hearing you rap in your future episodes. I love it. <laughs> now I'll have to be more conscious about how I can rap in future episodes. <laughs> I, I did hear um, Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise the other day, and I think that maybe I might be able to incorporate that somehow. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for pop music, but the hip-hop and rap songs tend to uh, talk about money more. Uh, you know, all the, all the pop ballads are, are love love songs where the the rappers are all like, yeah, I want to be successful. I want to make money. So that, that tends to be where I'm pulling from here. So anyway, I, I'm so glad that you're finding the topics valuable. And that's exactly why I, or exactly what I was um, hoping um, to accomplish with this podcast. So thank you very much. If you'd like to be featured in a listener shout out in a future Cash Clarity episode, please leave a review on iTunes. Okay, so now we're going to get into these five binge-worthy books that have helped improve my business. And I'm going to make sure and put links to all these in the show notes. Um, I, I got a lot of, you know, information here coming, so I'll be sure to uh, include links on the show notes. So you can find those at goldenratiobookkeeping.com forward slash 008. Now, I, I went with the order that I, I read these in, so I didn't rank them, um, and really I couldn't rank them if I wanted to because they all kind of hit different kind of areas. It, the only thing they have in common really is they're, they're one, they're nonfiction, and two, they, they provide frameworks with actionable steps to take the advice that they're, they're spouting in the book. Okay, so the first book on my list of five binge-worthy books is called High Performance Habits, and it's by an author named Brendan Bouchard. I wasn't really familiar with Brendan before I read the book, but I, I definitely found him to be very engaging and very genuine in his writing. So I, I immediately connected with the message in the book, and if you, you're unfamiliar with Brendan or would like to learn more, he is a number one New York Times bestselling author, and he's also a leading high-performance coach. Uh, his in clients include um, entrepreneurs and executives uh, from all over the world, and his advice and training has been used by huge companies such as Amazon, and he's worked with many of the top universities in the world. He's regularly seen on TV, radio, uh, such as Anderson Cooper, Wall Street Journal, NPR, uh, and other things. Um, and you've probably seen him on online news outlets such as Forbes, Fast Company, Huffington Post. 
Uh, Brendan has received a second chance in life, which is what inspired him to write this book and some of his other books. He survived a horrible car accident. And since then, he had dedicated his life to helping individuals, teams, and organizations to find their charge, share their voice, and make a greater difference in the world. Um, and I that definitely came across to me as I read the book. So what is High Performance Habits and what is it about? One, it's a Wall Street bestseller, and it was named in the top three best business and leadership books for 2017 on Amazon. And it's a science-backed, heart-centered plan to living a better quality life. And it goes through the most effective habits for reaching long-term for reaching long-term success. And um, it turns out that. Um, these six things are, are what moves the needle the most. Remember, this is science-backed and research-based um, information. So the good news is, is that everyone can practice these habits. And to become a high performer, you must seek clarity, generate energy, raise necessity, increase productivity, develop influence, and demonstrate courage. I found all of these chapters to be just absolutely amazing. And he goes action steps on how to achieve each of these different habits. Um, so I really loved it. I My big takeaway is one, all the habits that he described are, are very deliberate and they require conscious effort to implement. And I like a lot of what he said about goal setting in particular. And it was kind of sprinkled throughout each of the chapters. And one thing that stuck out to me that he said was that people who set goals and regularly self-monitor are almost two and a half times more likely to attain their goals. So it's not enough to just set a goal and go for it and take action. You also have to have some kind of system in place to come in and check your progress and be able to make course corrections as you go. Um, so that really was eye-opening to me. And then uh, in another section of the book, um, in when he's talking about raising necessity, he talks about who needs me to be on my A-game the most right now. He, he talks about, you know, being intentional, taking breaks, kind of doing a mental reset before going into new activities and asking the question, who needs me on my A-game right now? So if it's first thing in the morning, you're about to start your work day, and maybe you sit down at your desk at work and you just take that second to ask, who needs me most on my A game right now? Maybe it's my boss, maybe it's my peers and my coworkers, um, you know, maybe it's the customers for the, the business. Um, maybe those are the people that need you on your A game right now. And for example, when you come home from work, maybe you take a minute in your car before you come into the house and you think, okay, who needs me on my A game right now? Who needs the best of me? And the answer is likely the family you're coming home to, your spouse or your children. So I, I, I found that very endearing and, and I loved that. And I, I'm trying to find ways to incorporate that more in, in my life. It, for me, it tends to be difficult being a work-from-home mom. I, I try to work similar hours every day, but it doesn't always happen. My I try to be flexible with when I do work. So I, I don't always have a set transition from having my mom hat on and then having my work hat on. It's 
been hard for me to try and implement this, but I do really love it. And I am trying my best to, to consciously ask myself who needs me on my A game most right now. And then one of the other big takeaways I said, or I said that I had from the book is if there were only five major moves to make a goal happen, what would they be? I thought this was really cool. Like it kind of breaks things down and makes things easier. I know for myself, I tend to make really ambitious, big goals and it's not always clear how I'm going to get from the starting point to the ending point. And it was so helpful for me to hear that most goals, you only need those five big milestones. What are they going to be? And it makes it more manageable to map that out and have clarity uh, on where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. And for example, I, I use this strategy when I launched this podcast uh, for cash clarity. So uh, the first step was I had to decide on a media channel to to meet my target audience where they're at right now, you know, and media channel meeting, like, am I going to pick a, a blog, a, a podcast, am I going to start a video show? And podcast is really what felt the most right to me when it came time to make the decision. But Anyway, that, that was step one on my, my five-step journey to, to complete my goal. Then the second step was to obtain the tools and equipment needed to actually create a podcast. I, I had to do some research, find what was available, find what was affordable and, and could fit in my budget. And, and thankfully, I was able to do it pretty, pretty easily. It was pretty straightforward. Then the third step was actually learning how to use the equipment and the technology that was much harder and took much more time um but I think I've got the hang of it now I don't know I you know, I'm in eight episodes in and think I'm doing pretty well learning how to use the recording software uh, and then learning how to edit each podcast episode y'all I do edit I don't just sit here and have a long conscious stream of talking I mean granted that's what you do when you record but I do go back through and try to um axe out all those ums so anyways like which I tend to say a lot of um and then I like to kind of cut out some of those long pauses, those long, awkward pauses that you don't want to listen to when you're listening to a podcast. Anyway, so there was definitely a bit of a learning curve. So that was step number three for me. And then step number four was communicating my commitment to creating the podcast and setting a time frame for the project. So once I knew that I was going down this path and the wheels were in motion, I made sure to... Uh, tell everybody about it so I could be held accountable and you know get it done I really struggle a lot with perfectionism and so for me putting it out there in the world and having a set date and when things will happen helped me overcome that because it's really about progress over perfection and the longer I waited the longer I stalled the longer I took to complete the project the longer that means that the person out here there that needs to hear my message doesn't hear it. So it, that was a really important step for me to do was, you know, communicating that I am starting a podcast and this is the day that it's going to be available. And then step five was just doing the work. Uh, 
there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to create the podcast. For each episode, I, I create a really detailed outline. I have to create show notes. I send out a, a weekly email newsletter a weekly email newsletter to to my email list and then I I haven't been as good but I'm working on it um, posting on social media when the new episodes are available each of those steps takes some work and so now every week I have a little mini goal to accomplish and, and basically those are the five steps that I take you know creating the outline recording editing doing the post-production and sharing all that kind of stuff with my email list and my social media following. But anyway, I, I'm working towards batching my episodes. I batched a whole bunch at, at the beginning. And uh, as time went by, you know, it creeps up on me week after week. And, and I'm recording today on Wednesday. And I know that this is going to publish tomorrow on Thursday. I'm hoping to get away from that and get another batch in, especially before Christmas. So I don't have to work over Christmas. All right, so that was the first book, and again, that was High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard. Now, the second book I read, okay, time out for just a second. I didn't just read five books in 2019. I've read nearly 40 books, so, or actually it's over 40 now. Um, but anyway, these are just some of the books that I've found most helpful, especially in my business, so keep that in mind as I, I ramble along on this this podcast. Book number two is called Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt and I was passingly familiar with Michael Hyatt um, before I read the book. I used to follow him when I was back in my corporate job. Uh, he's definitely a thought leader in the leadership space um, and I kind of fell out of um, reading his blog and following him on social media. But then I saw this book come out and it intrigued me enough to go out and, and rent it from the library. And I, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. And if you're not familiar with Michael, he's formerly the CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishers. And he's a huge best-selling author. He's got many books and he's a successful, successful entrepreneur. His business was recently named to the Inc. 5000 list of America's fastest growing private companies after he experienced 330% growth in just three years. That's pretty amazing. So he's definitely on to something. So I, I definitely want to catch some of that magic, right? Lightning in a bottle. Um, so, so what this book is about is it lays out nine proven ways to win at work so that you can succeed in the rest of your life such as you know health relationships hobbies and other things it helps you to redefine your goals and evaluate what's working and cut out the non-essentials and be able to focus on the most important task manage your time and energy and build momentum for a lifetime of success I mean, pretty compelling, right? So if you think about it, everyone gets 168 hours a week, you know, seven hours, you know, seven hours, 24 hours, seven days a week, 168. And assuming you get eight hours of sleep at night, that brings that number down to 112. I know for me, that never feels like enough. And for a lot of people who are working full time, 40 hours or more, like that time gets gobbled up quickly. Like, let's just think about it. If you're working full time, so assuming a 40 hour schedule and let's 
um, assume that you have a 30 minute commute one way. So that's another hour there. And maybe you spend an hour in the morning getting ready. And then maybe you have errands to run between coming home, uh, you know, from work or going to work. That is at least half of your time during the week, not including the times that you sleep at night. That doesn't leave a lot of time for extra rest, exercise, family and friends, you know, all of the, the really good things in life that, you know, are really great and make it exceptional. So uh, most people think productivity is finding or saving time, but it's not. And, and this book really kind of makes it clear. It's, it's about making our time work for us. And something that really stood out to me that I took action on from this book uh, was being intentional with my daily rituals. So ritual is a term that the Michael Hyatt uses. It's kind of his terminology. And he's talking about those you know, kind of routine things that we do every day. And he he points out four major ones, one being uh, morning, second one being evening, then a workday startup and a workday shutdown. We tend to do the same things for these uh, different rituals each time. So maybe when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is get up and go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, drink a cup of water, etc., etc. So for me, I sat down and got really attention, uh, intentional about my workday startup. Like I mentioned earlier, being a work-at-home mom, especially with a baby, you know, she's almost a year old now, but throughout the year, her routine has changed consistently. So I never really know for sure exactly what my day might look like. Now, it's gotten more consistent as time has gone by, and it's fairly predictable now, but for a long time this year, it wasn't. So having a really good solid workday startup really helped me with this you know and and the things that I put in there was one to check my calendar and I'll talk about this a little bit later on with one of the other books but I instead of creating a to-do list which I used to keep a you know a to-do list um I block out time on my calendar for when I'm going to do certain tasks and I, I sit down and do that once a week um, so I, I review my calendar for, for what I have to do and what appointments I have. And then I do my bookkeeping. I'm a bookkeeper. So for me, I, I'm pretty obsessive about it. I have to look at mine daily, um, make sure everything's entered, do reconciliation if I need to. And then I respond to emails. And recently, in something I've been not so good at before, is checking my social media profiles for any notifications. I've really been working on my social media presence here in the last month or so, and I have historically been terrible at answering any direct messages on Facebook. Like, I don't know how I miss them. <laughs> like, I swear I go in and check them, but I I don't know. Maybe I, I think what, okay, here's what I think what happens is uh, a notification pops up on my phone. I, I see it, it from the home screen. I unlock it and go look at it. And think, okay, when I have time to sit down and ha- put a thoughtful response together, 
I'll go back and do that. And then that never happened. So I, I don't think I had a, a clear, good, solid system in place for, for checking those messages and responding to them. So so now I've included that in my morning ritual to, to try and, and check my, my inboxes on the social media platforms just to make sure nothing is slipping through the cracks. And I am completely new to Instagram and... <laughs> kind of the same story or not the same story but I uh, there was one day I was looking at my phone and I was like oh what does this button do why does it have a little red thing on it and turns out I had a message and it was a few days old so um anyway enough about that creating really good workday startup ritual um was one of the key things I took away from free to focus by by Michael Hyatt okay book number three I'm excited about this one because it's from one of my favorite influencers slash thought leaders out there. And I'm pretty sure she may have introduced me to some of these other authors uh, or books on this uh, podcast. But anyway, Marie is a born and raised Jersey girl with nothing more than a passion, a laptop, and a dream. Marie has created a socially conscious digital empire that inspires millions across the globe. She was named by Oprah as a thought leader for the next generation. She's the star of the award-winning show Marie TV with over 47 million views and the host of the Marie Forleo podcast with more than 8 million downloads. And just a side note, I, I do listen to the podcast and it's something that she only started like earlier this year or at the end of last year. It, so I think that's maybe only a year's time, 8 million downloads. That's so impressive. All right, and then Marie has taught entrepreneurs, artists, and multi-passionate go-getters from all walks of life on how to dream big and back it up with daily action to create results. She runs the acclaimed business training program, B-School. And I have taken B-School, and I absolutely advocate and recommend it. It was tremendous and fabulous, and it really helped me lock in on my marketing anyway. Um, this podcast is not about promoting B-School. It's about talking about books. All right, so so everything figure is figure outable it is her book, and it came out I think in September. That sounds right, September. And I'm just gonna read the description that I wrote straight from my um, outline, and it says, "Do you ever have trouble finishing what you start? Do amazing ideas come to you all the time, but after the initial excitement wanes, you struggle to follow through?" If you're creative and ambitious, the answer is likely yes. The problem isn't you. It's not that you're not hardworking, intelligent, or deserving, but that you haven't installed the one key belief that will change everything. Everything is figureoutable. Whether you want to leave a dead-end job, heal a relationship, grow a business, master your money, or just find two free hours in your day, everything is figure outable will train your brain to think more positively and help you break down any dream into manageable steps. In the book, you'll learn to deal with criticism and imposter syndrome, why it's crucial that you strive for progress, not perfection, how to bounce back from failure, how to overcome a lack of time and money. You'll also hear triumphant stories of everyday people using the everything is figure outable philosophy to transform their life. Everything is figure outable is more than just a fun phrase to say. It's a practical, practical, actionable discipline, and it's about to make your life unstoppable. 
So I love that description of the book. I, I know for the other books on my list, I came up with my own description and paraphrased from, from what was already written out there. But with hers, it was just so accurately and so lovingly written that I had to read it the way she wrote it. And I think that everything is figure out everything is figure outable philosophy. It's kind of a mouthful in her to say. I think the philosophy is something I always innately uh, believed internally, but I think my internal script was a little bit different. It was something like, there's nothing I can't do. And the difference between there's nothing I can't do and everything is figure outable is my internal phrase had the word can't and impossible in it, where Maurice has everything and figure outable. So it was just a much more positive spin and, and I think connected more with what my internal dialogue was saying. So it was really easy for me to sub in everything is figure outable in my head and, and I love it. And I think the big takeaway for me from this book was that you know, the results we want all stem from, from beliefs that we have. And the formula that she discusses in the book goes uh, belief, thought, feeling, behavior, result. And in particular, I connected with the discussion on how we assign our feelings based on our thoughts. For example, something happens and our physiological response is sweaty palms, a seeking a sinking pit in our stomach, we will have some kind of thought to articulate what that feeling means to us. And it's what leads to different paths or actions. So we can either assign a feeling of uncertainty or fear, or we can assign that feeling as something that's exciting. So in one case, we would tend to procrastinate. And in the other case, we'd be more willing to take action. So I, I loved this discussion and it, you know, kind of broke open some, some mental, you know, barriers for me. And something that I uh, applied and, and took action on was uh, the insight to action challenge to eliminate excuses. To really dig deep and think about the excuses that are holding me back from completing certain goals by writing each one of them down then crossing them out, followed by writing out what I'm going to think, say, or do instead. So, for example, I, I've always really valued being physically fit. I view myself as an athlete. I, I love to play soccer. I, I still play soccer once a week out at the indoor fields. Um, not nearly as good as I used to be, but I still love it and still go out and play. But... I'm not in the kind of shape that I want to be in. I am not back to where I was before my last pregnancy. So I, I can be down on myself and hard on myself for, for not being in that peak physical fitness, you know, in that kind of shape that I want to be. And so using Marie's um, insight to action guide from the book, I was able to kind of reframe this and the truth is, it's not a priority right now, and I'm okay with that. Right now, my priority is my business and making it as successful as I want to be. You know, early in the year, my focus was all about 
a new baby and taking care of the new baby, taking care of myself and spending the family time, you know, with the infant and with my three-year-old and my husband. And it wasn't so much on business. And then once I, you know, kind of transitioned out of that mode later on in the year, it was more about how can I make my business the best it can be? And I kind of felt like I neglected it there for a while. And it's definitely kind of a thought baby. So, um, I, I really switched into this mode on what are the things that I need to do. That's book number three, Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. Book number four by Gina Wickman. Now, I wasn't familiar with Gino prior to reading this book. And I had learned about traction by one of the thought leaders out there in the online marketing space. And her name is Amy Porterfield, and she's amazing. If you need help with marketing, I definitely recommend checking out her podcast. Uh, it's one that I listen to regularly, but Traction is a book that she had recommended in one of her podcast episodes. I had put it on my to-read list, but then when I went to the conference back in October, somebody else had mentioned it as well. So I thought, okay, the world is pointing me in this direction. I really need to go out and read this book. So as soon as I got back from San, San Diego, it was one, the first book that I read after that conference, and it was amazing. I loved it. If you're not familiar with Gino, um, Gino has a passion for helping people get what they want from their businesses. He's the creator of the entrepreneurial operating system, and that's a holistic system when implemented in an organization, helps leaders run better businesses, get better control, and have a better life balance and gain more traction with the entire organization, advancing together as a healthy, functional, and cohesive team. Now, he's written several books on EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System, also known as EOS, and, and how to implement it. In addition to writing the books, he helps people implement EOS. He serves as a coach, and he delivers workshops and gives keynote speeches about EOS. So, Traction by Gino Wickman is a really interesting book, and it really kind of gives you a roadmap on how to run your business. So uh, some of the things that it really highlights as benefits to reading this book are being able to find the six key components to strengthen your business and be able to run your company uh, and give your leadership team more focus, more growth, and more enjoyment. And I think one of the things that I read about it is there's over 2,000 companies out there that have discovered the EOS system and are using it in their business to great success. So, And I did meet one of these um, companies that they're talking about while I was at the conference, which, you know, really is kind of what inspired me to go out and read it right away. So I had two favorite parts from this book that were really interesting and kind of a different view on how to do things in your business and for me it kind of just like it was like tetris pieces falling in line the first one being um, the vision traction organizer it's kind of a mouthful and then the second one being the accountability chart the vision traction organizer kind of summarizes the business on a two-page summary and it sums up the company's core values, 
core focus, marketing strategy, 10-year, three-year, and one-year goals, quarterly priorities, and uh, an issues tracker area. I thought this was a really nice one-stop shop way to communicate what your business is, especially if you have employees. Um, I'm still working on developing mine. Luckily, I've worked with a business coach and have already kind of written out and thought about a lot of these things. But the Vision Traction Organizer really kind of helps put it all into one place and kind of is like that glue. And it's just kind of like for me, it just all kind of clicked. And then the accountability chart is a different take on the traditional standard organization chart. So instead of focusing so much on the organization by person, it's focused in a functional manner. So instead of having, you know, Joe be CEO and then Sally being the chief marketing and sales person and then... Jeff being the HR director, like the accountability chart is more by function. So it kind of starts out with a visionary and then what they call an integrator, which is kind of like a, a project manager. And then you have three big functional areas such as sales and marketing, then, uh, operations and delivery and, administrative and finance activities so for me and my business my name's in all of the boxes (laughs) um but it helps give me an idea of the places where I want to develop and grow and hopefully hire someone over the next year um I I've really been working on implementing the whole EOS system but so far I've been able to implement the accountability chart I've created my quarterly priorities, which I already pretty much had, and then I've created a scorecard. And I'm still working on doing the vision tracture organizer, which I talked about, and then I'm still working on the meeting pulse. I, I put all the meetings on my calendar, but then Thanksgiving happened, and I've gotten behind on my podcast, and I've been skipping the the meetings that I put on my calendar, so I need to get back into a groove and, and get on the meeting pulse. I felt so productive and um, just amazing about how my business was doing when I was doing a good job on the meeting pulse. Um, so it's definitely uh, worth looking into and executing. All right, so that was Traction by Gino Wickman. Now, the last book, book number five, is titled Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And I know, I think I heard Marie Forleo mention this at one point in time, either on Marie TV or on our podcast. And I know I've heard Amy Porterfield talk about him as well. I kind of had multiple places saying, hey, read this book. You know, it's interesting. So I definitely enjoyed it. I, I know one of my big objectives for this year was trying to get better at marketing, finding ways to improve my skills, what skills needed to be improved and that kind of thing. Um, but... Anyway, Donald Miller, he's kind of elusive online. I couldn't find a lot about him when I was preparing this podcast, but he's written several books, and um, this book in particular, uh, Building a Story Brand, hit the New New York Times bestseller list. Uh, He has a podcast, and his website claims that over 10,000 businesses trust Story Brand, so uh, I thought that was a pretty compelling social proof there. And this book... It goes over the seven universal elements of powerful stories to teach readers how 
um, this can be applied in business in their marketing messaging. So I thought it was definitely very creative and very interesting. I know I have worked a lot on my copywriting over the year. Um, and so this kind of helped sink in how, like what, what's the direction I'm taking? Like here, here's where I am. Here's where my audience is. How do I connect from A to B? What my message is? And I, I thought it was very eye-opening. <laughs> um, and he kind of jokes in the, in the book, like it's ruined movies for him because he can predict what's going to happen in the movie. And he says that his wife gets annoyed because he'll turn to her and be like, oh, I know, blah, 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 it's going to happen. And she'll be like, shh, you're ruining the movie. <laughs> but anyway, the, the big takeaway I had is that there's a proven framework for communicating an idea and making sure to communicate or touch on each of the seven elements when you're trying to talk to an audience. And I've been able to use this to create success on my podcast, or at least I think I have. And I've used it to update my kind of default template outline for each podcast episode. I've been fine-tuning it week by week, uh, where last week's episode, How to Catch Up on Your Bookkeeping, felt the best. And I felt like I delivered on the goals for the podcast and for that episode in particular, and which is to help everyone with their numbers and their bookkeeping and make it seem less scary. Um, so I, I found it very valuable. I, I reference back to it a lot um, as I'm, I'm working on different things, such as the podcast or maybe an email or maybe just a social media post. Um, so it's been really, really helpful for me because I feel like marketing is one of those weird areas. It's challenging for me. It's hard. So any advice I, I can get, I kind of tend to soak it up like a sponge. So um, story brand, building a story brand by, by Donald Miller's book number five. Okay, so I encourage you to pick one of these books and put it on your to read list and start reading it within the next 30 days. They've all really made a meaningful impact for me, and I'm sure they will for you too. Now, if you don't take the initiative to learn and better yourself, you'll keep getting the same results you've always had. Versus if you pick up a book, and it doesn't have to be the one on this list, you can gain some insights and take action. You'll improve your results little by little until you get to where you want. And all the books in this episode come with frameworks and actionable advice to make it easy for you. So definitely recommend taking reading any one of these books. Now that we're at the end of the episode, you should feel inspired to reach bigger results and have bigger dreams in 2020. Can you believe that it's already 2020, a brand new decade? I feel like this is a great chance to go out there, grab life by the reins, and start with a clean slate for a new decade. I hope you come back for the next episode because I'm going to continue pulling back the curtain on my business with a 2019 year review and talk about the things that worked and the things that didn't work so much. So I hope you'll join me for that. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts. Until next time.